What a blessing to have the Holy Spirit presence among us. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you for the worship. Lord, we love you, we bless you, we adore you. We thank you for your presence in our midst. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. So today, beloved, we're going to, we are going to talk about the veil. The veil. The veil that was torn for each one of us. Matthew 27, 45 and 46. From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lima sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. Nobody took it from him, beloved. It was a sacrifice he made for you. It is a gift that he gives to you. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs broke open. If you think that that occurred, think of how that occurred. Think of the power and think of what you have here today. Think of who you are in Christ. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many people. When the centurion and those who were with him, who were guarding Jesus, saw the earthquake and all that had happened, they were terrified and exclaimed, Surely he was the Son of God. Surely he was the Son of God. So the veil was torn. We're going to study today everything that that, well, not everything. We're going to study a lot about what that means. The veil was torn. The old priesthood, the old priesthood was gone. You now have direct communion with your father. No intermediaries needed. Matthew 23, 37 through 38. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often have I longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings and you were not willing Look, your house is left to you desolate. You see, they were not willing. They did not want to receive. They were so busy protecting the old order, protecting their authority, protecting their power, right? And they would not receive the Messiah. The presence of God no longer would reside in an earthly temple. The Holy of Holies would no longer be in an earthly dwelling, a building. They had rejected and crucified the Messiah, the one that was sent to redeem them, and their house was left desolate, the very thing that they were trying to protect. Never again, never again would the blood and bull, of, of bulls and goats, never again would the blood of bulls and goats just be a covering for the sins. Every year, have to cover it over again, and then only, only the priest can go into the Holy of Holies. And that with blood, right? The old order would be gone. One spotless lamb, one spotless lamb, Jesus Christ, thank you, Lord, offered up for us 
for those who would believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. One spotless lamb to cleanse, not cover, to cleanse the sins of the people once, one, one time for all. For all generations, for all people, for all time. All of eternity. The one spotless lamb. Thank you, Lord. No longer would the sins be merely covered, but cleansed, and were given entrance. The moment when that, when that veil got torn, Jesus went to hell, defeated hell in the grave. He was resurrected. He poured out his blood on the mercy seat for us that we could be forgiven, right? And we were given permanent, get this, you have permanent entrance into the presence of, fa- of your Father God. Permanent entrance. Hallelujah. The new priesthood sealed in Jesus' blood is established. And Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father, ever making intercession for you. Ever making intercession for you and me. Hebrews 9, 1. Now the first covenant had regulations for worship and also an earthly sanctuary. A tabernacle was set up. The priests entered regularly into the outer room to carry on their ministry. But only the high priest entered the inner room. And that only once a year. And never without blood which he offered for himself and for the sins the people had committed in ignorance. The Holy Spirit was showing by this that the way into the most holy place had not yet been disclosed as long as the first tabernacle was still functioning. Right? Got that? The gifts and the sacrifices being offered were not able, they were not able to clear the conscience of the worshiper. But hallelujah, because of Jesus, you can stand as the righteousness of God in Christ, unashamed, forgiven, granted mercy, a clear conscience, Guilt and shame eradicated if you receive it. If you receive it. If you receive who you are in Christ. If you receive all that he has done for you. Right? Hallelujah. With Jesus, we can have a completely clear conscience standing before our Father, our loving Father, our merciful Father. His mercies are new every morning. They are only a matter of food and drink and various ceremonial washings, external regulations applying until the time of the new order. You live in the new order. You live in the new covenant. You live as a new creation. You are a recreated spirit. The moment you are born again, your spirit takes on the likeness of your father because you have a new father. You have a new father. Hebrews 9, 11. But when Christ came as high priest of the good things, the good things, every promise of the word, he is the living word, Jesus Christ, right? Every promise, every promise of the word, the good things, the good things for you. He came as a high priest of the good things that are now, now already here. Beloved, this is not something you need to chase after. This is not something you need to run and find. It is not something that you know you just, you're, you're seeking for that is outside of your grasp. 
No. It is here now, already, already. The Holy Spirit was sent, and we live in the fullness of Christ when we receive it. When we, belie- when we believe on Christ, it's already been given. It's a given grace, a given gift. Thank you, Jesus. Already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands. That is to say, it is a, not a part of this creation. You know, when we talk about the ascended life, that's what we're talking about. Not a part of this earthly creation. No, no, God has something so much better for us. We live on a higher plane. His ways are higher than our ways, right? His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Not made with human hands, that is to say, is not a part of this creation. He did not enter by the means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood. Hallelujah. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Forever and ever, no other sacrifice ever needed, included, beloved, your guilt and your shame, and you're not thinking that you deserve what Jesus has already done for you. You not thinking that his gifts are for you. You not thinking that you are the righteousness of God in Christ. No. None of those sacrifices. No works. Nothing else needed, just the blood. Just Jesus, that's it. Just Jesus. Hallelujah. He entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption forever and ever, eternally. The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremonially ceremonially unclean sanctify them so that they are outwardly, outwardly clean. How much more? Soak it in, please. How much more? How much more? Then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself up unblemished to God, cleanse, cleanse, cleanse our conscience, our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. We may serve the living God. Saints, we have to get hold of this. We have to understand our cleansing. We have to understand our forgiven nature. We have to understand our new nature in Christ. We have to understand our redemption. It is how we will walk. We have to understand the love of God for us. It is how we will walk in his victory. It is. And and the love that we understand from him to us will draw other people. We are victorious in Christ. We are now. Not going to be. We are now. Victorious in Christ over every scheme of the devil, over every darkness, over anything that in our life, in our life that does not agree with this precious written word, because the word is Christ. The veil was torn, opening the way for the new priesthood, and our entry into the very presence of God. Can you please get a hold of that? You know, when they were singing that one song this morning about the robe, 
him walking in in the robe. I could just feel his presence. I could just feel it. I could just feel like the whole robe like just filled this whole place. And it was just washing over all of us, surrounding us, the presence of God. It is where we are meant to dwell. Hebrews 9, I'm going to, 14 and 15. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our conscience from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God? For this reason, for this reason, Christ is the mediator of a new covenant. He is your mediator. No more go-between needed. That those who are called, and by the way, every single human being ever born is called. You know, there are some doctrines that say that only a few are called. That's not true. He wishes that none should perish. He has called every person that he ever created. Whether a person chooses to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior is the issue. But we are all called, we are all chosen. For this reason, Christ is the mediator of a new covenant that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance. So yes, you will spend eternity with your loving Father, but we receive every spiritual blessing in Christ because we are seated with him at the right hand of the Father, Ephesians 2, 6, right? Now that he has died as a ransom to set them free from the sins committed under the first covenant, you were in chains prior to being saved, prior to receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you were in chains. You were in prison. And Jesus has paid your ransom. He has taken your punishment. He has paid every debt so that you can stand unashamed in communion with the mighty God of the universe. Hallelujah. Jesus finished when he came. He said, it is finished. He finished what God had sent him to do, and the Abrahamic covenant was complete. He'd done everything necessary. The old covenant is finished. The new covenant begins. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for freedom. Thank you, Lord, for liberty. Thank you, Lord, for the veil that was torn so that we can stand in your very presence. Thank you, Lord, for the dispensation of the Holy Spirit who leads us and guides us into your perfect truth, this very spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, walking with us, counseling us, that you counsel us with a loving eye upon us, Lord. We thank you for that. Thank you, Holy Spirit that you are our comforter. Thank you. The old covenant, the covenant of sin and death and fear is gone. The covenant of life and love and mercy and grace has come. And you're walking in it. Romans 8, 1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life, has set you free from the law of sin and death. Hallelujah. That is something to shout about. It is something to feel liberated over. For what the law was powerless to do, because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, yet he never sinned. He never sinned, never did one thing wrong. 
He just took sin on him. To be sin, a sin offering, to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh. Hallelujah, and it is your victory. It is your victory. Praise you, Jesus. Our debt has been paid. So let's look at the Old Covenant. What is the Old Covenant? Now I want you to think, I'm going to read this little list that I thought of or that the Lord inspired me to write. And I'm going to read it to you, and I want you to think about that from which you have been freed. Okay? So what was the Old Covenant? The Old Covenant established an earthly priesthood. The intercession of earthly priests required a human being intermediary, a mediator. The sacrifices of a blood that covers but can never cleanse. The law, the Ten Commandments, the law of death. It makes you aware of your sin. The earthly temple and the earthly holy of holies. Only to be entered once a year and not by you. Not by you. Wow, what a drag. (laughs) I'm serious. How awful. Can you imagine always having to go to somebody else to speak to God? Always having to go to somebody else to get your questions answered? They're human like you're human. You know? That's why I say, you know, yeah, do I try to bring to you every day what the Lord is speaking to my heart? But you know what? You have a responsibility to go check it out. You talk to God. You know? You're, you're completely free. He embraces you. He holds you in the palm of his hands. He's as close as a breath. He just says, speak to me, darling. I'm here for you right now. No disconnect. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. See, all that's finished now. All that old stuff, all that old junk, all those old methods, they're gone. The veil was torn. The old covenant died. I'm so excited. I am so excited. This is awesome stuff, guys. You have a new covenant. You're a new creation person. The earth had never seen anything like you before. Wow. He put his power in you to represent him here today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So the new covenant comes. You know, Jesus, he goes and pours out his blood on the mercy seat. The day of Pentecost comes. The Holy Spirit poured out. The Holy Spirit, our guide, our teacher, today here with us, doing everything that Jesus wants us to do through us, right? Whoa, you're some kind of something. (laughs) You are some kind of something in the power of the Holy Spirit. Wake up and take the power. (laughs) Wake up and take the promises. Wake up and receive the miracles, right? Wow. So now, what's the new covenant? You see, the new holy of holies resides in us. Whoa, that's kind of talking big talk there, Lisa Marie. Yeah, right. Jesus gave me the right to talk big talk and walk a big walk. He sure did. He sure did. What did he say? Every place that your feet will trod, he has given you. Every, every place that your feet will trot, he has given you. 
in the power of the Holy Spirit. So we have the new covenant. What does the new covenant bring in? The priesthood of Jesus. The priesthood of Jesus. The new mediator seated at the right hand of the Father. We are seated there with him, heirs to every spiritual blessing in Christ. He's sitting there ever making intercession for each one of us who believe upon him. Ever making intercession. Ever. Not a moment goes by where you are not being interceded for. What a gift. Hallelujah. The new temple in the body of the believers by the Holy Spirit, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, the new holy of holies residing in the believers, circumcision not by the law, but by the heart. A circumcision of the heart. The law of life and love and liberty instead of sin, death, and fear. New life, new creation life in our Jesus. We have the Lamb of God who takes away, takes away. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Jesus. We have a new Passover. We have a new Passover. Remember, just before Jesus died, Luke twenty-two fifteen, it says, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. Well, you're there, saints. You're there, beloved. You're there. And that's what we celebrate when we celebrate communion. Think about it. When we celebrate communion, we celebrate the fulfillment of everything that Jesus died to give us. We are celebrating the fulfillment of Christ in us. You are celebrating it. You are remembering it. That's what we're pondering on. When you take the bread and the blood, you are celebrating receiving. You've already received it when you receive Christ. But you are remembering. And you are becoming refreshed. Refreshed, strengthened. The fullness of Christ in you, in me. We now have Luke twenty-two twenty. The cup is the new covenant in my blood, which has been poured out for you, and that means everything, everything that it accomplished belongs to you now. Belongs to you now. Not something you're waiting to attain. You know, he wouldn't have you wait to attain it once you get to heaven. He needs you to have it here so you can do his work. So why not believe for the fullness and walk in the fullness? Every manifestation, everything that Christ did. He said we'd do greater works. Poured out so that we could walk in new righteousness. You see, under the old covenant, they had limited righteousness, right? They had a covenant, the blood, the blood of goats and calves and whatever. You know, why, why do we want to go back under that old stuff? The old sacrifices, the old feasts, the old whatever. No, we have the new. We have the new. Sealed in the circumcision of the flesh. That's the old. That's the old. The new covenant. The new entrance into creation life. The very righteousness of God in Christ. That's us. 2 Corinthians 5.21, if you want to look it up. Sealed with the blood of Christ, not the blood of bulls and goats. Colossians 2.11 
In him you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Hallelujah. Not performed by human hands. Your whole self, your whole self, ruled by the flesh, was put off. It was put off when you were circumcised by Christ. Okay, stop right here. You think about everything that you're trying. Nobody here at RCC. But think about the old self. Not too long, though, because it's dead and gone. It should be. But think. If there's anything, why do you want to try to continue to allow the old self to reclaim any portion of your new life? Why, why would we want to do that? We wouldn't want to do that. Every bit, the whole self, the whole self, all the old mistakes, all the old sin. And I'm going to tell you, sweethearts, don't you go judging somebody else by their sin because you had enough of your own in your old self. <laughs> if you want to be redeemed and you want to walk in redemption, then you just keep your mouth shut when it comes to judging somebody else's sin. And I don't really care what it is. If they are a new creation, they're a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. <laughs> and don't you allow the devil to let you be the condemnation upon somebody else's life and soul. Because that's not what Jesus came to do. He came to liberate and free. And I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's murder, if it's pornography, if it's whatever it is. You try to name the most vile sin that you could name, and then you just keep your stinking mouth shut. If you believe that the love of God, the love of Christ, everything that he did, did cleansed you, then it cleansed them. Amen. We are here to walk in love. It doesn't mean that you agree with sin, but you let their father be the judge. You can give them the word, you can give them the love of Christ. Because that helps them. But you cannot give them stinking condemnation. Where was I? <laughs> In him, you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self, ruled by the flesh, that's everyone in here, <coughs> was put off when you were circumcised by Christ. So, beloved, don't allow the old self to haunt your present. Okay? It's old. It's gone. It's redeemed. <coughs> having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith, your faith in Christ, in the working of God who raised him from the dead. Just as Jesus is raised from the dead, when, at, when he defeated death, hell, and the grave, so is your life. You live a resurrected life. The old is gone. The new has come. You walk in the victory of Christ. You serve a living, resurrected God. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead resides in the believer. That's who you are. It's who you are. Take it. Live in it. Verse 13. <clears throat> when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive. 
God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge. You see, justice would have required that you pay the penalty. Justice would have required that you go to prison. Justice would have required that you pay the punishment. But Jesus fixed all that. Plain and simple. He just fixed it for you. Take the gift of grace. And when we fall in love with Jesus, we don't even want to do any of that stuff that we used to do. Right? Hallelujah. Canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. Nailing it to the cross. Nailing it to the cross. The veil is torn. The veil is torn. The veil is torn. And because of that, Jesus' resurrection, we have new entrance into new creation life. Thank you, Lord. We have a new priesthood who empathizes. Who, this is good news. He empathizes with your weakness. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Hebrews 8, verse 1. Now the main point, if someone's going to say to me in the scripture the main point, I'm going to want to listen to that. You know? I don't think he says the main point if he doesn't want us to listen and take it in, right? <laughs> now the main point <laughs> of what we are saying is this. We do have such a high priest who sat down at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven. So saints, sit down with him. Sit down with him. Sit down with him. Rest in what he has done. Rest in what he has done. and who serves in the sanctuary the true tabernacle set up by the Lord, not by a mere human being. Direct access. Direct access. The new temple. Old, temper, old tabernacle gone, we are the new temple filled with the presence of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. The torn veil was the entryway. Think about it. The torn veil was the entryway. Wow. The veil kept us separated and now the separation is gone. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places, Ephesians 2, 6. Hebrews 9, we are the true temple of God. Hebrews 9, verse 24. For Christ did not enter a sanctuary made with human hands that was only a copy of the true one. He entered heaven itself now to appear for us in God's presence. And because he did it, we can do it in God's presence. He won that for us. He won that for us in his presence. Hallelujah. He entered heaven itself. You are under an open heaven. I don't even like that word under there. That's probably not really a very good picture. You are in an open heaven. Think about that. When you're born again, you just like, 
you walk in this heavenly realm, you walk in an open heaven. You walk in communion with your Father. You walk in fellowship with God by the power of the Holy Spirit for those who believe in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. All divisions gone, all separated, all separation gone. True fellowship, true communion. He hears you before you speak. He answers you before you ask. Your very thoughts commune with the heart of God. You know his voice. You see, it's just that you've been taught otherwise. But false teaching comes in all ways. False teaching comes in a, in a lot of different doctrines. You see, Christ earned for you the right to stand in the presence of God. You speak and he hears. He knows your thoughts. He knows your needs before you even ask. You are the beloved of God. He rejoices over you with singing. He's rejoicing over you at this very moment. At this very moment, think about the Father God rejoicing over you, singing, singing over you. Our hearts need to take it in. What was I saying? I don't know. Our hearts need to take it in. Beloved, your heart needs to take it in. Please understand his love for you. Please understand that he rejoices over you. He suffered so much because he wanted you to take it. He wanted you to know his love for you. He wanted you to rise above the condemnation of the world. He has a different place for you. He has heavenly realm walking for you, for me. For Christ did not enter a sanctuary made with human hands that was only a copy of the true one. He entered heaven itself now to appear for us in God's presence. You see, we now also have the freedom to stand in the very presence of God. Hebrews 4. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence. The scripture wouldn't tell you to be confident that you can approach the throne of grace unless it meant it. It says it in the scripture. This is not us just being arrogant or prideful or thinking that we're more than we are. No, that's not what it is at all. It is us taking and accepting the word of God. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Do you have a need? Well, now's the time to get help. Because <laughs> you can just walk right up. What was that song? Sit right down, walk right up, something. Hebrews 10. Therefore, brothers and sisters, oh, verse 19. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. The most holy place. The most holy place. The most holy place. That's just a little bit holy. He didn't give you just a little bit holy in your life. This much and no more. 
all of it, all of it. I'm taking all of it. I'm believing everything that's written in that word, and I will stand and stand and stand and stand and stand until I see it in my life. And nobody is going to steal it from me, and nobody can steal it from you because he has given you entrance by the torn veil into the most holy place. Stop settling for second best. It's time to be done with this much and no more thinking. You are not second-class citizens. God, Scripture says God loves you the same way he loves Jesus, as much as he loved Jesus. Ow, that hurt my hand. (laughs) The same the very same. Every spiritual blessing in Christ. There's nothing second class about you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain. Torn. That is his body, Jesus' body. And since we have a great high priest, Jesus, over the house of God, that's us. He's Jesus. He's over us, right? Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance. Full assurance. Be assured, beloved. Be assured. Don't let the devil steal from you. Be assured. Be confident. Be bold. That faith in Christ brings having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Wow, that's a load off my back. (laughs) That's a yoke-destroying, (laughs) burden-lifting. Right? Hallelujah. No shame, no guilt, no second-class thinking. You are a child of a living, loving God. Wow. So when we, when we receive the new, oh, this is just a little blurb that when I was writing, you know, the Lord said, okay, well, do it this way. So I'm going to read it. When we receive the new creation, exoneration from guilt and shame, we enter through the veil with Jesus in confidence and boldness and receive every gift his love has granted us. From now on, can you just please picture yourself walking right through that torn veil with Jesus? Are you going to worry about anything? Anything that man could do to you? Anything that this world could bring? If you're walking with Jesus through a torn veil, really? Wow. I think if we think about that, we're going to have a big, bold spirit inside of us. You want me to repeat that? Yeah, okay. When we receive the new creation exoneration from guilt and shame, we enter through the veil with Jesus in confidence and boldness and receive every gift his love has granted us. It's past tense, has granted. 1 John 3.21 
if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask because we keep his commands and do what pleases him. Wow. Hebrews 8, 6. But in fact, the ministry Jesus has received is as superior to theirs as the covenant of which he is a mediator is superior to the old one since the new covenant is established on better promises. And every one of them belongs to you. If your eyes feast upon it right here, it's yours. But that means you have some work to do. <laughs> you got to go digging. You got to go digging. You can't just look at the surface. You got to go digging. Hebrews 8, 10 through 13. This is the covenant I will establish with the people of Israel. After that time, declares the Lord, I will put my laws in their minds and write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. You are his people. You are his beloved. You are the beloved of God. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one, one another, know the Lord, because they all will know me. Isn't that awesome? Because when you're in Christ, you know him. The very spirit of Christ comes to dwell in you. Does that mean we don't get together and learn and teach and all that? No, because it says forsake not the gathering of believers, right? So we always want to be learning. We always want to dig and, and, and renew our minds more and more by the word, by sound teaching in the word. Don't go to a church that reads one scripture and then talks about a bunch of social nonsense. Because this will fix every social malady that ever existed. But this is the only thing that will fix it. Because they will all know me because of his Holy Spirit in us, from the least of them to the greatest. Don't think that your young ones don't hear from the Holy Spirit. They do. They do. It is our job to get our young ones saved at a young age so that they can have the Holy Spirit speaking to them in truth. The Holy Spirit doesn't put any limit, old or young, on age. Thinking that we should expose our children to every doctrine that's out there is a bunch of baloney. We expose our children to the truth. There's one truth right here. because they all know me from the least of them to the greatest. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. By calling this covenant new, he has made the first one obsolete. Thank you, Jesus. The new covenant has a new law. It is the law of love. John 13, 34 through 35, a new command I give you, Love the Lord, love one another as I have loved you, so you must, you must, you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. That's how they're going to know. Because you love them if you love one another. 
He's talking to believers there because believers know how to walk in the love of God. No longer are we under the law of sin, fear, and death. We are under the spirit of God's love, his life, his mercy, his forgiveness, his grace, his redemption, total reconciliation. The old covenant was for natural man. The new covenant is for the recreated person. And that's us. After the veil is torn, the new covenant is completely set in place once Jesus goes and pours out his blood on the mercy seat. We are his body. We are his body. We are his body. Take it seriously, saints. Take it seriously, beloved. You are Jesus walking here by the Holy Spirit. 1 Peter 2.9 You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. That's who you are. that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. You are walking in the light. You are a holy nation, a royal priesthood. Share the wealth. <laughs> Share the wealth. Hallelujah that you may declare, this is the whole goal, that you may declare his praises, his praises, that you were taken out of darkness and into his wonderful light. That's where you reside. You reside in the light of God, his holy light, his pure light, unadulterated light. that dispels every darkness. It's your residence. It's your residence. The new holy of holies exists in the believer, opened up to us once that veil was torn. We are the temple of the living God, the new creation, God in us. 1 John 4, 4, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Take that seriously. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Ephesians 2.19. Consequently, consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers. You are no longer a stranger to God. Is that good news? That's great news. That's the best news ever. You are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. Do you think there's going to be any problem in God's household? No, he's just going to take care of you. So walk on in. Built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. He is your cornerstone. You dwell in the household of God. In him, the whole building is joined together. And get this part, this is exciting, and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. Rises. Ascended life. New creation life. Built on every promise of the living God. Risen. You are risen with him. A holy temple in the Lord. This is who we are. This is who we are. <clears throat> this is who I am. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. He said it, I didn't. He lives in you. He said it, he said it, he said it. 
He lives. God lives in you by his spirit. Is there anything impossible to God? He lives in you by his spirit, and he lives in this church, his body. Okay, I'm going to give you one more little tidbit that he told me to write down specifically. And when we take God's new command of love and cleanse our earth walk with the word, the love of God, we truly become the habitation of the spirit, the very atmosphere of God here on earth. You are the very atmosphere of God here on earth. So go spread it. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So we're going to take communion. And when we take communion, remember the celebration that